Again, haven't watched the tape, so it's hard for me. Uh, and even when you ask me on Monday, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but uh, just full disclosure, I mean, I, we've got to coach these guys. Welcome to the Daily Northwestern's football podcast. Coming to you from Evanston after a homecoming game to forget for Northwestern. I'm Max Schumann, your host today, joined by Cole Paxton and Max Gelman once again. Welcome back to both of you. Max, uh, pleasure to be here as always. Also a pleasure for me to be here. All right, let's jump in to a great Northwestern football game. The weekend's results, of course, number four Penn State, 31, Northwestern, 7. The Cats needed a late meaningless touchdown to avoid their first home shutout since 1999, according to our research staff. Very disheartening game for Northwestern fans. Guys, overall thoughts? The offense looked absolutely terrible. I was miserable watching this game, and as an objective journalist, I have no stake in it, and it was one of the worst games I have ever watched in anything. I think the only thing that comes worse is Illinois State. Yeah. Those, are, those are my initial thoughts. Offensively, it was a, a putrid display. I mean, there, there was literally nothing that Northwestern's offense did well in this game until the last drive when backup quarterback Matt Alvidi was in. Clayton Thorson was bad. Justin Jackson kind of got shut down after the second quarter. The offensive line, which is always terrible, was the worst it's been in a very long time, and the receivers didn't do much either. It's a very negative outlook, but probably fair. Probably fair. Let's jump into the offense then, since that's where you guys both took this. Northwestern put up a very bad 3.6 yards per play on Saturday, which is back below the Boston College threshold of bad offense. Boston College averaging about four yards per play this season. Is that a litmus test we have on this podcast? That is the official Daily Northwestern branded (laughs) test for bad offense. Rutgers is also hovering around four yards per play this season as well. So if you want to use the Rutgers test, I'm fine with that. Three turnovers all in the first half to uh, kill some promising drives. After that, lots of three and outs. Really not a lot to like. If you guys had to pick one aspect of the offense that would take the most blame for this, what would you guys choose? That's a really hard question. <laughs> Which is probably all that you need to just, know about how the yeah, offense plays. Just because everything was so bad, I don't know if it's possible to pick one specific thing that went wrong like it started out where the offensive line as usual let the pass rush get to Clayton Thorson a little bit but they started playing better towards as or as the game went on from at least from my vantage point but once that happened Clayton Thorson just started missing receivers he would overthrow them he would underthrow them he would escape from pressure where there wasn't any and it was just like everything that could have gone wrong in offense went wrong and it's a bit of a shame because the defense played well enough where they could have made the game at least close. Like, you don't expect Northwestern to be the team like Penn State, no matter where they're playing. But the, the defense gave them a chance, and the offense just threw it away. Cole, you're a resident expert on Northwestern's offensive line. Yes. I'm assuming that's the direction that you're going to take this question. Yeah, well, I, I liked what Max said, that it's hard to pick one unit. I thought it was kind of a tale of two halves for Northwestern's offense. In the first half, it was almost entirely on the offensive line. Four times in the first half, Northwestern got across midfield and didn't score. And the first two drives of the game, Northwestern ended up turning the ball over in Penn State territory. And both of those Clayton Thurston turnovers, you could pin directly on the offensive line. 
They were useless, they were putrid, they were languid, whatever adjectives you want to use. But in the second half, I wouldn't say that the offensive line really played better. If Clayton Thorson is a good enough quarterback, as good a quarterback as we think, he should have done a lot more in the second half with the line play that he had. Uh, I was very disappointed that he was just completely off. Literally could do nothing at all after halftime. Yeah, Northwestern went into the half with about, it was like 160 yards of total offense, which isn't great, but is not nothing. Before Alvidi's late touchdown drive, they had fewer than 200 yards total. So, Yeah, 99 total yards in the second half, and 80 of them came on the Alvidi came on, Or maybe 75 drive. came on the Alvidi. And it was a shame for Northwestern because, as Gelman mentioned, the defense played a pretty good game and actually got them into the half down only 10 nothing, which, like, against a team that is as explosive as Penn State is a pretty good mark. Overall on the day, the defense held Saquon Barkley, who is a big name, big star, some people consider the Heisman frontrunner, uh, to 75 yards outside of a 53-yard touchdown run that he broke. But even given that, it was a pretty good day against Barkley. And overall, they held Penn State to well below their season average in terms of yards per play. Should the defense feel good about how it played? I don't think that the defense as a whole should feel good about how it played. I think the defensive line in particular should. Pat Fitzgerald said at his weekly press conference earlier today that he thought it was their best performance of the season and you know, got into the backfield quite a bit, tackles for loss, a few sacks, and held Barkley to minus one rushing yard in the first half. And Yeah, I mean, it was a solid effort for the defense, but it, it did get away from them a little bit in the second half when Penn State started to put some drives together. So my verdict on the defense is that it was promising and that things are looking up for the defense, but to really be proud or happy of the overall performance is, I think, a little too complimentary. I would have to disagree with Cole. I think the defense played outstanding on Saturday. To hold an offense like Penn State to 10 points at halftime and to hold a runner like Saquon Barkley to negative rushing yards at halftime is something that I don't know if any or a lot of other teams in the country could do. Northwestern's defense did struggle a bit in the third half. Third half, excuse me. In the third quarter, (laughs) starting in the third quarter. But that was largely a result of the offense not being able to get a first down. They had... How many possessions did they have in the third quarter that were three and out? I think they had like four, and they only got one first down combined on four drives. The first three drives after halftime were three. Were three and out. Yeah. Like if if you're on defense, you're just thinking like, what is going on on the other side of the ball? Like if you're going to be out there for thirty to thirty-five minutes, that's not the defense's fault. That's the offense's fault not being able to move the ball. I think the defense was was great. I I think it is underrated. It's really disheartening to play a really good half of football and then realize that your offense isn't going to score enough to keep you in the game. I think that the defense played very well. I think that they had a good plan coming in against a team like Penn State with a good quarterback, good running back, and like explosive receivers on the outside. You have to live with some stuff. Just That's just the nature of the beast. And Northwestern prevented a lot of big plays. And they tackled well. And they held, held Penn State down pretty well, I thought. I thought that Northwestern's chances in this game were contingent on the defense holding Penn State to around 30 points, and the offense being like, game enough to uh, to match that. And the offense clearly wasn't ready for that kind of burden. But I thought the defense played a very good game. And Penn State doesn't have like an earth-shattering defense. It's not like they like they're good, but they're not like like Ohio State or Alabama level defense. Right. Yeah, I I just thought that 
Penn State, to me, just looking at them on the eye test, did not look like the number four team in the country on Saturday. And I guess that's where I'm a little hesitant to credit Northwestern's defense quite that much because Penn State just seemed a little bit off to me. And so I thought there were a few places where Northwestern defensively was good but could have been even a little better. I think the flip side to that is that Northwestern's defense made Penn State not look like the number four team in the country. I thought that they they were able to shut down a Heisman front-runner running back they didn't really give up a lot to Trace McSorley. He found some open looks now and then. There were like a couple missed tackles. There was that big run down the sideline for one of the wide receivers in the third quarter that I think went for a touchdown. But like other than that, there wasn't that much I felt that the defense needs to improve on. I thought this was easily their best game of the season. Especially if you thought that they played a good game against Wisconsin last week. I thought Northwestern played a pretty good game in Madison. So I was already of the opinion that Northwestern's defense was... Good, not good enough to win you games when your offense is like yeah. complete garbage, like they were on Saturday. But good enough to win games if your offense is ready to play. Um, the offense was obviously not ready to play. So let's. I just want to ask one more question of you guys. So sure. obviously, people are down on Northwestern at the moment after two, one really bad beat last week, and then a loss in Madison, where the final scoreline probably didn't represent the feeling of the game. Overall, and Wisconsin was leading 31-10 in that game, and in 34 or 33-24. So after these two games, the two toughest games on the schedule for Northwestern coming in, we knew that it was unlikely that Northwestern would win either game. Do you guys feel like that opposition changes your opinion of how you see their performance in these two games, or is it still bad? I think the offense can be fixed against weaker opponents, although the offense hasn't really... Like, Wisconsin had a good defense, but... The offense also played really bad again. And Penn State had a somewhat worse defense, and the offense played worse. I mean, yeah, they're 2-3 and three and 0-2 and in the Big Ten, but like these are two of the top three teams in the Big Ten. I think that there are a lot of positives to take, to take away from this. If there's anyone, if there's any unit that needs to be in crisis mode, it is the offense. I don't think Northwestern's in crisis mode, but I, I've come out of this Penn State game pretty disheartened. I mean, the Wisconsin game, yes, Northwestern was down um, big in the third quarter, but you know, for three quarters, they did put together a pretty decent game. So I came out of that game thinking, okay, Northwestern's not going to beat Penn State, but you know, this is a pretty decent, solid team. After this Penn State game, in which Northwestern was extremely just languid and looked uninspired especially on offense Uh, yeah I mean things will get better against lesser opponents but I do think that Northwestern needs to pick up its level if things are going to turn around and turn around pretty quickly. Cole you were at Monday's press conference Pat Fitzgerald and also suppliers what was the mood of that press conference was it was the team down given the play on Saturday. Yeah, the team was not down. I, I wouldn't say that they were they were super excited or happy, but there did seem to be a sense of, okay, we had these two games that we would have liked to win. We didn't, but there's no panic. Everyone is is pretty certain that Northwestern's gonna get better. There's a I think a quiet sense of confidence that Northwestern has gotten to a part of its schedule in which it's playing teams of its level. Pafage Drill and the players that we spoke to today are at least putting on an aura of confidence that they're going to play well and beat these teams that are roughly their equal. All right. Well, I guess we'll see if that is the case. 
I want to give you guys a chance. So after a miserable Northwestern performance like this, there are a lot of takes that you could make, some of them hot. I wanted to give you guys a chance to sound off with some hot takes about Northwestern, given the state of the uh, discourse around the team at the moment. So I'm going to start with Gelman. Either using Garrett Dickerson or Cameron Green purely as offensive linemen, where the offensive line would have six blockers on every play. Just because, like, it's it's a bit of a creative solution. It's just, like, the, the offensive line is just so bad. They just, like, I feel like they need more bodies. Like, it, it, would, okay. it, would, get, it would go against the, the, the spread offense that Northwestern likes to run. Not really 100% feasible for that to happen, but I just having more bodies to protect Clayton Thorson, I think, could prove beneficial. Okay, so your take is that Northwestern needs to change the offense to have more blockers on every play. Sure. Cole? So, despite the uh, the negativity around Northwestern, I have a, a positive-leaning hot take, which is that uh, Northwestern's defense will play a very inspired game on Saturday against Maryland. They will not allow a touchdown to the Terrapins. That's, that is a, uh, a pretty bold take in a game of college football. Do you have any uh, rationale behind that? We'll get into Maryland a little bit later in the podcast. I think but. Northwestern, we thought coming into the season, would be kind of an offensive-focused team that they would carry the Wildcats. seems like now it's probably going to be the defense, and I think an inspired defense, kind of the backs against the wall season on the line against a Maryland team, as we'll get into, that offensively has been inconsistent, I think, and faced some issues, to put it generously. So uh, I just expect kind of a statement performance from Northwestern's defense. All right. My take that I've been waiting to share with the world is that I think that Northwestern has seen what the best team Pat Fitzgerald can field is. And I think that that team was in 2015, a fluky 10 win team. We came into the season thinking Northwestern maybe had the most talent they've ever had under Fitz. Right. Turns out maybe there were more issues on the offensive line than we allowed, like that we gave credit to, but they were so non-competitive with Penn state and with Wisconsin the week before that. It's just hard for me to see if we thought that this team is as much talent as Fitz could accumulate on a roster, then it's hard for me to see Northwestern ever being more competitive in the Big Ten than they are than they were in 2015 and than they are right now. That's my hot take. Probably the hottest of our takes. Yeah, easily the hottest of our takes. I think a, a difficult take to back up, given that Pat Fitzgerald will be in Evanston forever, and when I say under Pat Fitzgerald, it's impossible to separate the structural factors that prevent Northwestern from overtaking teams like Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan in the Big Ten, or even Wisconsin in the Big Ten, sure. from Fitzgerald because he's only ever coached at Northwestern and will never, will probably, will never see Fitz coach anywhere else. I just don't think North, there's a, an avenue for Northwestern to become competitive at the top of the Big Ten. If this is the kind of performance that they put out with the team that's supposed to be one of the best ones fits fields? I would say the 2015 team had more talent on defense than this year's team. But as a whole, I still think this year's team has more talent, despite the early poor record. The offense in 2015 was so miserable that it sort of weighs the whole thing down. Even though they won 10 games largely on the backs of their defense. The offense in 2015 was so miserable that, like, Clayton Thorson is miles better than what he was when he was a freshman. 
uh, Justin Jackson is still Justin Jackson. I, I just don't. I can't. I'm just like trying to process this this hot take. It's like I'm. If you I, think I, I can't, I can't. Well, like, if you think that this team is more talented and they're no closer to being a team, like so in 2015, Northwestern gets shut out in the Big House by a Michigan team that was clearly good and had a lot of good yeah. players. This season, Northwestern almost gets shut out by Penn State, a team that's clearly good and has a lot of good players. If you think that they have more talent this season and they haven't gotten any closer to being a well, team like that, then it makes it hard to see a yeah, way forward. Well, does, does talent always equal results, though? Like, no. I think the... Yes, that that was that was well, so that, that was a rhetorical question. Yeah, exactly. The answer of which was no. Built into the to this question also is Fitz's fierce loyalty uh, to his coaches and the coaching staff and the schemes that they run. I'm just assuming that we won't see a wildly different Northwestern with a wildly different coaching sure. staff at any point in the near future, at the very least. But I don't. I also don't think it's unreasonable to say that in the next ten years. Northwestern will have a team like the 2015 one, and maybe that team will win 10 games in the regular season and not lose its bowl game by 30 points. I guess it's just the question, then, is, is, there, is there a version of Northwestern under Pat Fitzgerald that can win a Big Ten championship? Probably not a Big Ten championship. Um, right. That's, the, but that's think, the difference between But them. I think there's a window between the 2015 team and a Big Ten champion team, and I'm optimistic, if not certain, that Northwestern is going to get there in the near to mid future. I've just got a dour evaluation of the program in a meta sense after watching that Penn State game. I don't think that it has a huge bearing on the success of this team, but just the the trajectory of what is Pat Fitzgerald is building, I think we might have already seen what that ceiling is. That's just my feeling. We can reconvene in ten years. Yeah, we'll come back and uh, take a look. In our, in our ten year anniversary, we'll have a come anniversary back for podcast and we'll evaluate this take. All right. With that, we'll put the Penn State game to bed. Northwestern falls to zero and two in the Big Ten, two and three on the season, and with a lot of questions, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, as it heads into the heart of its conference schedule. Let's uh, pivot to the game at Maryland this weekend. I'll give a quick crash course on Maryland for those of us that are... Including some of us who are on this podcast. Yes, those of us who are not as versed in Maryland. A uh, Big Ten East foe. This is a crossover game for Northwestern. And so far this season, overall, not a great team on either side of the ball. Their most recent game, they got shellacked. Shellacked is the verb I would That might be generous. Against Ohio State. They lost 62-14. to they put up, Cole, how many total offensive yards? Did they well, have? so Ohio State scored 62 points. Maryland had 66 yards. Yes. It was not a, it was not a good beat. They completed Maryland. three passes, the Terrapins did. It was not a good game for, for Maryland. No. Built into, that, <laughs> built into that uh, three passes completed statistic is the fact that Maryland has already lost their top two quarterbacks for the season to knee, to knee injuries. And against the Buckeyes, their third-string quarterback, Max Bortenschlager left the game after a hit to it to the head. So and you might be seeing fourth stringer Caleb Henderson this week under center, which is not a great place for the Terrapins to be. The player to watch for Maryland, I guess, on offense is Ty Johnson, who's their running back. He's averaging 8.1 yards per carry this season and also ran back a 100-yard kick return for a touchdown. He's one of the few bright spots to come out of that game for the Terps. 
Maryland's defense is probably better than their offense because their offense has their quarterback, but also really hasn't been anything special this season. So I think we're all in agreement then that Northwestern should have a good day defensively against God knows who starting for a quarterback, starting a quarterback for Maryland. Uh, so let's focus on the issue of the day. Will the Cats get it together on offense on Saturday? Well, I think it remains to be seen to what degree Northwestern will get it together on offense. Even if Northwestern has an offensive day like it did against, say, Wisconsin, that's probably good enough to have some pretty consistent success against a team like Maryland that is not woeful defensively, but to be quite honest, in my opinion, is is not a good team defensively. So I don't know how much better Northwestern will be, but as long as they're not worse than they were against Penn State, <laughs> they, they should be okay. Gilman, your thoughts? I haven't seen anything from Northwestern that could reasonably point to their offense improving against Maryland. Granted, Maryland is not nearly on the same level as a Penn State or a Wisconsin. Um, I think maybe you can take the last 10 minutes of the Wisconsin game and say Northwestern's offense isn't totally in shambles. They still can sort of move the ball. After the way they played against Penn State, it's just like you're just waiting for something good to happen. I, I don't have a lot of faith in this offense, or any faith in this offense at all. It's usually a safe bet in the sports world to bet on the team that needs to win the most I don't think that Maryland badly needs to win this game, and I do think I would disagree. Needs to win this game. Disagree with that some because if Maryland loses this, this is a game Maryland pretty much has to win to make a bowl game. I guess it's just it's not an existential crisis for Maryland if they don't make a. Bowl no, game. I think it, you're right about for that. For Northwestern, if they lose this game, that would be big time crisis. Ah. Yes, it would yeah. be a lot of that noise being made all throughout Evanston. Yeah. I agree, but this is also, I think, if, for Maryland, if they lose this game, it's the second weekend of October, and their season is, they have a lame duck season. Well, somebody's coming out of this game, this matchup against Maryland with a lame duck season, so that is all the more reason to watch. So let's wrap this up with our final predictions for Saturday's game. Still early, but the early lines that I've seen are Northwestern as a three-point favorite in this game against Maryland. What do you guys think relative to the line? Three-point favorite? Yes. It seems a bit low. Low? Well, Northwestern did did basically teams, just get shut out. Both teams are coming off like very poor performances. Yeah, but Maryland sucks. Like Northwestern is like clearly. Northwestern might also suck. <laughs> no, I think the defense is too good for the for it to be minus three. I think it should be like eight or nine. So then I'm assuming that you are picking Northwestern. Yes, I'm picking Northwestern, yes. Cool. Yeah, I'll pick Northwestern as well. Uh, My early score prediction, which I reserve the right to change, is a somewhat ugly 20-6 decision in favor of the Wildcats. Say like... That is pretty ugly. Say like 24-14, I'm feeling. I'm going to lean closer to that. That's uh, a a very strong outing for Max Bordenschlager's replacement. It's a, tough, it's a tough time to be a Terrapins fan. I feel really bad for them. Two quarterbacks gone down with season-ending knee injuries before you get to week five. It's a tough way to spend a season. Anyway, that's all that we have for today. Uh, Gelman, Cole, thanks for coming back. You got it. Always great to be here, Max. Always happy to talk Northwestern football with you, even when Northwestern football makes everyone sad. All right. 
Northwestern kicks off against Maryland, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern on Saturday. Be sure to check out dailynorthwestern.com for all our coverage of Northwestern football. Follow us at dailynu underscore sports on Twitter for live updates from games and press conferences. If you like this podcast or if you just want to listen to something to make you, you feel better after Northwestern takes some bad beats, uh, subscribe to The Daily on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud. You can get every episode of our football podcast directly on your phone. We'll be back next week. See you then. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. All right, well, let's get home safe.